You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We got some off-season topics to talk about. We just got a big recruit that will be coming in as a wide receiver. So we get, we'll definitely be talking about that. We actually got another wide receiver a few weeks ago and a defensive lineman. So we we're starting to, you know, build up more and more uh, transfers that are coming to Auburn and, and a lot of times in these much needed positions. Um, and we're also eyeing, especially this last week, uh, we had some official and unofficial visits at <laughs> Auburn. And uh, some of those are uh, pretty key positions like offensive linemen. So we will get into some of that. But before we do that, Jarrett, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Just trying to navigate the the heat, the heat that we have going on here. Trying to get yeah, – I'm ready for fall, man. I know everybody's Already? Like, yeah, everybody's a summer – summer, and I get the activities and, and kids and going to the beach, and that's all fun. But from a temperature standpoint and just a mindset, I, fall, man. I'm ready for fall. Football <laughs> starts. So, yeah, I'm uh, – other than I, I got I got some time though, so we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to keep up with the our baseball teams doing really well. Maybe that'll yeah. keep me keep me uh, occupied until football starts. How are yeah. you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I think here in Georgia, it's starting to get up to the 90s, yeah, which is a little toasty. So I, I understand that piece, but I'm I'm my favorite part of the whole year is summer, just because it typically revolves around vacations and getting out and uh just all the fun things that come along with summer i'm a beach bum so summer is kind of my my go-to <laughs> i hear you man most people most people would agree with you i'm the weird one <laughs> but we already knew that so hey hey somebody's got to be a weird one that's right i'll say I, <laughs> and i'm I'll usually carry that torch yeah <laughs> all righty well let's talk about the transfer so at this point i think auburn Based on my calculations, I think it's nine transfers since the end of the 2021 season. So we've now got nine extra transfers. And a couple of those, like I mentioned, are key positions. Like we now have Dazlin Warsham. He's a Miami uh, transfer. He is a wide receiver. And boy, Jared, do we need some wide receivers. We just got news uh, the day before recording this. So it would be June 4th that we got Coy Moore who uh, will be transferring. He played at LSU, and uh, he's a four-star wide receiver. That's six foot, 190, looks like he, he, he can play ball in the SEC, and kind of added benefit, he still has three years of eligibility. So I'm looking forward to getting more wide receivers on campus and working in with our quarterbacks because, oh my goodness, like that and offensive line, have obviously been kind of the big two needs that we we need uh, at Auburn. But Jared, any thoughts on our wide receivers that we've recently gotten? Yeah, I mean, I I think you hit the nail on the head that we it's a position of need, and um, you know the guys that we have haven't proven a lot where they're at, but they were talented. I don't remember if uh, Dazzlin was a three or four star. I do think he was from Alabama, but um, even if he's a three star, you know the reality is these guys three, four, five star. Um, most likely they have talent. It's just getting with the right coach, getting the right training system going, and getting the right scheme going 
So, you know, you got to have the players to do that. And we now are getting some players there that, you know, maybe we can develop. Um, and, you know, we got a defensive lineman, I think you mentioned, from Memphis. That was huge because we didn't expect to lose. You know, that was the area of strength when the season ended. And then we lost a few we didn't really probably plan on. <clears throat> now mm -hmm. we did add – we added the transfer from uh, from Oregon and this transfer from Memphis, and we got a JUCO guy. So, you know, I think we're going to be okay. But, yeah, all in all, I will say about the offensive line, to be honest with you, um, you know, we, we have a lot – this year we have a lot of returning starters and there wasn't any surefire O-lineman out there. So I'm not as hurt on not bringing in an O-lineman. If, like, let's say there was an automatic, oh, this guy's amazing, you got to try to find a way to get him. But other than that, it was going to be hard for them to get playing time because we're returning so many starters. Well, yeah. Um, and you're, I think that's why we probably didn't get any of them. Well, and you're probably pitching them that you're not getting really any play time unless some injury happens. And, and even then, like, you might not get it because there's there's guys that have been here longer than you. So I I could see a you know 17, 18 year old just not being sure about that and uh not really committing to to doing that. But hey, one of the the guys that we are targeting right now is Ian, I think Gefford. I'm gonna guess that's his last name, how you say it. But he's a three star. He is a big dude. He he wouldn't come until the 2023 class, but that's when we, like you mentioned, a lot of our current guys have been at Auburn for a while, and this is their last year for a lot of the offensive linemen. So we really need to start racking up on offensive linemen uh, to fill that huge gap, um, or else we're going to have some big issues, some real big issues, uh, because <laughs> as many Auburn fans over the last couple of years have known, if you don't have a good offensive line, you don't have a run game and quarterbacks scramble like crazy. And we, we've made it you know, patchwork before, but that's not a good way to, to live, especially in the SEC. Yeah, I think a lot. So I, I don't do as much social media right now on football stuff, but, you know, there was people, you know, early in the at the end of the season was we're panicking. Oh, we're not getting any offensive linemen, no offensive linemen. I, where we're at right now with the sen senior people we have, I would much rather have a great high school recruiting class this year in offensive linemen because that's going to be for your future. You're mm -hmm. like you said, these guys coming in for one extra year, we're not going to want to come here because we can't guarantee them they're going to start. Yeah, and so let's go ahead and get young, talented guys that we can start molding, and you know, and we got some on the team. People forget we have I, – I think it was Colby Smith or something. He was last year's class. He was a four-star by a lot of people, and we got him out of uh, North Carolina. And, you know, he's he's got another year under him. He didn't play last year. He redshirted. So that guy may develop into a stud. You never know. We got people on the roster. We just got to get them playing consistently. Yeah, and, and I think that that will happen. I mean, if we know anything about our – pretty much how the offensive line over the last few years – even though we we will have a starting five, there is some little bit of rotation, especially, you know, somebody tweaks their ankle or whatever, like something happens. We're going to have extra guys that have to play. Um, and that's just the nature of how offensive line it kind of goes. Um, I will note this, and I, I, I was, I found this stat and I thought it was very interesting was, you know, we're not necessarily landing a lot of offensive linemen right now, but we are out there going after them. We have, uh, based on you know what I was looking at, we've offered 
23, not just only offensive linemen, but offensive tackles, 23 offensive tackles Wow! for the 2023 class. That's awesome. So like we're out there, we're trying, and it's just a matter of finding the right fit and them liking Auburn. <laughs> and sooner or later, some of those are going to start landing. At, at this point in the kind of the recruiting cycle, we're still really early. I mean, most teams only have single digit number of verbal commits and Auburn's kind of that, that, you know, yeah, we're, we may be slightly behind, but to me, kind of a verbal commit doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, yeah, they, they're committed to Auburn. There's kind of this mutual respect, but at any moment, I mean, like everybody knows up until they sign that piece of paper that says I'm coming to your school. I mean, they, they have the, the choice to, you know, pull out for literally any kind of reason. It's, it's just, you know, word of mouth, you know, verbal commitment. That's pretty much it. And, you know, there's something to be said for you, obviously a verbal commit. Uh, I think it does say something, uh, but you know, we got to keep working at it. And uh, I, I think there is some good positive momentum and, you know, just about the whole recruiting thing right now. I mean, there's a lot of people saying, Hey, Auburn's Auburn's getting there. It, it's not like, you know, the last couple of years where, we pretty much just didn't have a shot. At least we're in the conversation for a lot of these guys. And I think that's, that's moving, moving in the right direction to, you know, get back to what we need, which is a top 10 recruiting class to stay up with, you know, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. It's just the, it's the nature of the beast being in the sec. You have to be up there and we can't necessarily just be like a, you know, top 20 class and survive that that's just not going to be how it works in the sec you have to get in that top tier recruiting um to stay up with with the best of the best Uh, auburn offers anything any other school really in the country can offer from a football perspective um so it's really about winning you know we got to get out there and get back to winning i mean you know uh atmosphere you know fan support history and, you know, really academics, I mean, th- obviously there's some better schools out there, but I mean, we're top 40, you know, every year public schools. So, I mean, you can pretty much uh, come and get a great education. So there's a lot of things we offer. We really don't take a backseat to many people except self-inflicted stuff we do. So let's all get on the same page. Let's start winning some ball games, And I think it'll take care of itself. Yeah. I, I think you're right on with that. Just with sometimes Auburn beats itself up. And, and we're our own worst enemy. And, and sometimes I, I think to myself, man, why did we just do that? Like, what, what did we just do to self-inflict ourselves with this injury? This, when we could have just, you know, walked on, kept moving forward. Well, we, we panicked. So our, our two, <laughs> our two closest friends, uh, you know, are getting really, are getting all the awards at school. Right. And so we're panicking cause we're, we're not getting any. <laughs> and so, we do silly things. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, one thing I will say, I think about Harson is, you know, like him or hate him, whatever, it all comes down to wins or losses. But I do think, I don't think Harson gets phased, right? So I don't think the noise really bothers him. I think he has a plan. Now, whether his plan works, I don't know, but he's not going to be wishy-washy. He's going to be like, this is what we're going to do. And if he can get the good players that he needs, and I do feel like he's now relating better just from what you see on social media, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, if his plan works, um, 
we just got to make sure we get the players there to 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 instill it because I don't think he's going to be changing like oh no everybody's getting upset let's change things I think he's like look this is what I've done forever if we work it it'll take care of itself right well and there's some element of a good coach that he knows you know for example I mean Harson's been a coach for what 20 years or almost 20 years something like that he's been around the block he's been on lots of coaching staffs he's seen the winning formula and he knows what that is. And it's just, you know, obviously the, you know, getting the right guys and getting them to buy, buy in. And that's the piece that I think most Auburn fans, you know, even dating back to, you know, the issues back in February and the accusations, I think it kind of spawned from not having a great recruiting class. And a lot of times that, that came back to, you know, how Harson was relating to people. And I think, you're starting to see a lot of change. I mean, for goodness sakes, he started his own podcast. And and that's something that I don't think any you know main football college head coaches are doing right now. Now, they may have kind of the Auburn University or whatever university they're at, you know, be on that podcast every once in a while. But it's kind of this like interaction between a media person and the foot, football head coach, which a lot of times, let's be honest, coaches are going to do what they do best do coach speak. And I feel like there's a certain element that, you know, Harson's trying to break down that a little bit so that he's relatable and he, you can kind of see a little bit more of who he is and be a little bit more transparent. And I think that's kind of the, the piece that I'm, I'm really liking about Harson, And I hope that that kind of comes through, but ultimately it comes down to, you know, even if a person is 100% transparent about everything and everything, you know, you know, a reporter ask him, what kind of pen do you use? Who gives, you know, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but like, if Harson was, you know, transparent about that, but he won like three games in a year, sorry, you're gone. Like, yeah. it's a matter of like, do you win or not? Yeah. And and not think, how transparent you are. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have said, well, okay, so he's going to the baseball games. He traveled to the basketball. He's doing all this. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And I'm like, I think it might, it could, because even the players that left, and we've said this on the show, even the players that left said, look, he is a very smart X's and O's coach. He just doesn't relate well to me. And if he has figured out the relatability piece, listen, those players are going to play more for him. Yeah. So you're going to get more out of your players if he has figured out that relatable piece. And that's on him to figure that out. Because uh, when I said a few moments ago, Harson say, hey, I've been doing this. You do it my way. It's going to work. I don't mean ramming you know, it down people's throats. I just mean he knows the structure it takes to get there. You have to relate to every kid differently, though. It, they have to be able to feel like they can come to you. And and you got to be tough with them a lot of times. But that doesn't mean you got to still be relatable. And if he's figured that out, I'm pretty excited um, because I think that will lead to victories. And I think that does matter what he's doing now, being more out in the public and, and shaking hands and saying, hey, look, I now get it. Yeah. No, there, there's a piece that – if if that continues and he he does this this is a part of his you know his new thing that he does as essentially the CEO of this football team is being out there a little bit more with the people i think you're going to get more people on his side and i think that also was part of the reason why people were like yeah after this you know accusations back in february he's gone just because he didn't have enough friends to you know, back him essentially. And I think 
if you start building that friendships and you know camaraderie between the Auburn fan base and yourself, it's a little bit, uh, you know, it helps you. I mean, it helps like the football culture itself, but it helps kind of your career because you're, you're there with, you could potentially be at Auburn for a lot longer. And, you know, obviously he's got to prove a lot on the field, but there's a piece that I would love him to continue and continue to grow. And it seems like it, it seems like every couple of weeks, you know, Hey, Harson went to go throw out a first pitch at the baseball game or, you know, he started this podcast or, you know, he's doing whatever with the team. Like that's the kind of stuff that, I, I think people will really latch on to because then it shows he's got a good personality. He's there for the players. He wants the better. He wants things to be better than what they were in the past. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special here at the E2C network. We pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2C network.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. And I want to give two people potential credit, and then I know we'll move on. This end about Harson, but I think we, at the end of the day, if, if we were to uh, hear all the stories, I think we'd probably to give a lot of credit to Zach Etheridge and, and probably Cadillac, two guys that are Auburn men, mm-hmm. been there, everybody respects. Um, they probably were able to get in Harson's ear and and, and say, hey, man, this is, you got to start doing some of this stuff. And he probably res- he obviously respected their opinion. And also, it's not as bad as we were hearing because Zach Etheridge was apparently the lead candidate to go to Georgia. He stayed at Auburn. Yep. Cadillac was being rumored to get into the NFL and the coaching, like pretty heavy rumors. He stayed at Auburn, too. And I know that's their alma mater, but still, at this point, they're thinking coaching career, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they see potential there because they had options. Um, and so I think they got now have a good working relationship. and you know, give them credit for, for speaking up. Cause I really think that's probably what happened. That, I mean, they know the program they've been there, they played and now they've been coaches at Auburn. And I think there's a piece of, I don't know, like a help that, or an extra bit of like, uh, what am I trying to look at or talk about? It's the, the extra I've been there, done that. I've seen what works and what doesn't. And I mean, they've seen the best coaches and they've seen the, you know, some not so great coaches and they, they have 
you know, push through it and, and they're saying, Hey, Harson, I believe in you. You, you hired me on, let's keep this thing going versus, you know, leave to a different, you know, different place, even, you know, the NFL, which could be very enticing. And they decided to stay, which I think, again, says a lot about this coaching staff. And we've said it before. I think this coaching staff is essentially what Harson has wanted from the very beginning. And I think now we have that. It, it wasn't, you know, hey, you should probably go fire, you know, hire this, uh, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you know, lineman coach or whatever. I think every pick is 100% Harson's pick. And I think that for a person like Harson, where the culture and the unity of his uh, coaching staff is very important to him, I think that that means a lot because if you have a unified vision, the players will understand that. And they will go along with what you're you're saying even more. And, and to your credit, and, you know, to what you were saying, I think players when they see the unified effort and they know where they're headed, they play that much harder. And I think this this could be a year where you see a lot more um, unity on the team. You know, not hearing you know, playing harder, um, you know, being on the same page, all of that. I agree. All right. So another piece of uh, that I did want to talk about. Uh, was a lot of these players, uh, you know, have come back over Memorial Day weekend, and uh, they've started to, you know, do all the summer camps, which I think are optional. I'm pretty sure they're optional. Um, they typically are. So we've now got a lot of these players back on campus, working hard, and uh, you know, putting in the time and effort, which is very much needed um, to get you ready for the the grind that is uh, the the football season in the sec. So, uh, those guys are getting back and, uh, we've even got a handful of obviously the new guys, the guys that just graduated high school and, uh, coming in and, uh, really looking forward to seeing kind of how those new guys come and uh, start to fit in, uh, to this team. All right. So Jared, one other kind of topic, and this is something you and I kind of off the side have started. And I wanted to talk about our little friendly wager. So, <laughs> Jared, do you want to explain what uh, what this friendly wager is and kind of how you you came oh, up with serious. this one? There's nothing friendly. About, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah. Um, what do we have on the line here? Is it a Starbucks coffee? Uh huh. Uh huh. And you said I could not get a venti. It's got to be a grande. Sorry. Only grande. Now, whatever. Okay. Okay. Whatever <laughs> it's called, we don't even know. Yeah, I mean, I what you and I uh have differing opinions i was gonna say disagree that just sounds negative we have differing opinions on who's going to be the starting quarterback and i've i probably was a little too bold and said that this decision is going to come before fall camp and it's going to be somebody that's never played at auburn before it's possible so so do you want to tell who we think's going to be starting quarterbacks yeah i mean i've i've kind of been on uh, even back to at the end of the season, I, I know TJ Finley, or uh, he was essentially kind of thrown into the position of starting quarterback, but you know, he's a backup. You, you got to expect that he's as prepared as he can be, but he didn't get all the top, you know, talent, you know, practicing. He was practicing with the second team a lot of times last year. So I think this year, and it definitely to me kind of showed me that, you know, TJ Finley is ready to move up. And that, that's where kind of my approach is. I think TJ Finley is ready to go, but you know, it's really up to the coaches, but I do think TJ is ready 
for the the limelight. I mean, he he was the starting quarterback dating back to the LSU days as a freshman. You know, sophomore year, he comes in and plays at Auburn a handful of games that he started and almost beat Bama. And I think that says something, that he can play in the SEC. So that's kind of my approach with, with where we're at right now. Yeah, and I, it, we're kind of weird because I actually hope your guy wins out because I like him. When I listen to him talk, he's just a good guy. Um, rooting for him, hope it pans out. And at the end of the day, um, I want to be clear, I couldn't care less. Like, I want, uh, you know, I want what's best for Auburn. So, <clears throat> I'm not rooting for the guy that I'm thinking is going to win the job. But I, I think Zach Calzada, I think he's going to be named starter before fall camp. Um, and really, the reason being is um, kind of what you were just saying, except a little more success last year. Um, you know, he went through uh, the SEC, you know, gauntlet. Um, you know, and I, and I know he played out of his mind that game, but it showed what he could do, but he beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, like he beat Alabama. Yeah. I mean, he came in and was making the throws that won the game, even after being injured. So, and, and TJ, to his credit, he was injured in the Bama game and kept playing. So, you know, I'm not saying Zach's tougher than TJ. I think they're both tough kids. I just think watching film, I think Zach has the ability to throw a better deep ball. And I think in this era of football, I've said it every podcast, people are tired of hearing it. You got to be able to throw the deep ball and complete it. And I think that TJ's out routes over the middle throws are second to none. He, I mean, he hums it in there. It is a, it is a laser. Um, I, I don't think he put, I don't know if he understands the touch on the deep ball enough and, and we can't miss on those. And that to me is going to be the difference of, I think, Zach being the starter. It could be. I mean, with how much the deep ball has been a part of what what we need um, to kind of jumpstart an offense. I mean, how many times have we just thrown the short route and just thrown the short route and then stalled out the 30 and then have to kick a 50-yard field goal? I mean, that is just brutal. Like, that's hard on an offense because you're like, we were moving, we were moving, we were moving, and then we just stopped. And sometimes that that's due to we just can't, do the the long routes the 40 yard pass it's the 30 yard pass and you know that's a key and i mean i have faith that tj finley can figure it out but zach calzada has kind of the the history of showing when he played at texas a&m he could throw that and now that he's all healed up and you know full contact ready to go he could win it out And and i'm kind of in the same boat as you i don't personally care who wins I just want who's best for Auburn. And if it's Zach Calzada or TJ Finley, or maybe even, you know, I've seen a couple of people say Robbie Ashford might even have a shot. I don't care. I just want the best quarterback for us that puts our wide receivers in good spots and our wide receivers catch for them. And that's really it. I give Robbie a, I give Robbie a 5% chance. I think there's, I think there is a chance Robbie starts. Um, Obviously, I got Zach at, you know, a very, very high percentage. Mm-hmm. I, I think TJ, in, in my mind, you disagree. That, that's okay. I think TJ is the number two option right now. And and Robbie's going to have to really prove himself, really just to be more consistent. Robbie's the most athletic. Um, can he be consistent? Um, you know, and then you got Holden, who's probably the most overall best quarterback we have from an overall standpoint, but he's just too young. He, you know, he hasn't seen – I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, he played running back actually at mm-hmm. a one double A, 
at the time, the school's now, it was uh, Appalachian State. So I was talking to him, and he said, um, anyone in a bragging way, but he said, I was a pretty good player, and I went to App State, and it is, like, this change of speed is amazing. And so think about, nothing against App State, but think about the change of speed <laughs> coming to the SEC, right? Oh, yeah. And you're the quarterback where you got to know what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. So, and, if, and even if you're you know, half second off, that could turn into a turnover, an interception, yeah. fumble, something. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how – there's been very few quarterbacks to do it. I can't even I – mean, I don't – Johnny Manziel may have done it, but he was more of a backyard, let's just make plays happen <laughs> on the fly, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, Holden's not that guy. Holden, Holden needs to be reading defenses properly to make the right pass, and, and that just takes time. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think there's, there's a chance that, you know, Again, back to our kind of friendly wager, I I don't know if we'll hear before fall camp, but I, I would hope that we would find out pretty quick into fall camp who that quarterback is. And I'm still kind of like, in, again, in the TJ Finley, I've seen him. I like him. I know not a lot of Auburn fans do just because he did lose us some games, but he also didn't you know put us in the most terrible situation. I mean, he's a backup quarterback. And there's only so much you can do. Here's a feather in your cap for for your camp of wanting TJ. I don't think he lost us any games. He just didn't take them over and win them. So to me, that's a lot well, easier George, to fix. I would say Georgia State. He he, he did. didn't lose it. He but did win he, that. One. He won that one. For you're right. Us. As a yeah. starter, sorry. You're yeah. right. Yeah, he won the Georgia State game. For, yes, forgive me on that. I apologize. the the lat, The end of the season when he had to come in. Um, I don't think he lost us any. He just didn't take over and win and make the play that could have won. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, he went to four overtimes with Alabama making <laughs> the throws that need to be made on a basically broke ankle. So yep. I don't know, man. I don't even know if we really clarified, though. The the wager is obviously, you know, if Zach is not named starter uh, by fall camp, um, I have to uh, let Mr. AJ get a starbucks on me <laughs> and counter the reverse if you know zach wins then i'll i'll buy you the starbucks so but you told me it can't be venti so that's sorry still I mean, a little mad about that <laughs> well i gotta put a line somewhere i don't want to spend nine dollars on the coffee <laughs> for you so. you're like it's not worth that i don't i don't want to take out a loan to buy you coffee <laughs> right exactly yeah, that's funny <laughs> All right, Jared, uh, any other thoughts uh, before we get out of here and uh, get back to it? No, just like I said, just excited to see him, you know, get back to practice and fall camp to roll around. Let's see what we got and get get the season here. So uh, just excited for all of it, my friend. Yeah, there's a a good bit of excitement. We talked about the recruiting aspect. You know, we're getting some good transfers. And uh, now it's just a matter of seeing how they fit in. And uh, I think we're going to, over the next, you know, few months leading up into the season, I mean, we're really getting close. We're, we're only like, what, two months away before yeah. we we really start hearing a good bit about, you know, what's going on. This last, you know, we got summer months, which can be pretty slow as far as news coming out. But this is when the grind happens. This is when the players, uh, you know, put in the work in the, you know, the weight room or, you know, they they add the weight, they you know cut the weight, whatever their goal is, 
That this is the time to do it. This is when you win. Oh, some positive news, real quick. Um, I think the first three games have been announced to be night games. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So good that, point. That's really good, and uh, when it's still really hot, mm-hmm. <laughs> night games will make it more fun for fans for sure. Yeah. And I think yeah, the Penn State game was the two thirty CBS, yeah. which I was a little bummed about. Kind of bummed about that, but I, I mean, Penn State got an evening game at penn state so yeah. why can't we but you know that's all right i still think a 230 games i mean that's it's a prime time situation i mean it's it's a good spot for us to be it, if we're looking good our first three games then you know we're going to that with a little uh, momentum yeah the crowd will be into it it'll be fun but yeah i would have rather i would have i mean i always want a night game but you know uh, at home at least mm-hmm. uh, but yeah so three first three night games first three games of the season are at night if you did not if people were not aware yeah always excited about that even a, even if it's a small game i feel like a night game there's just something fun about it, it makes it a little it, it adds a little more to it even when it's a you know not the same type opponent i agree right. with you all right jared uh how can the people stay in touch with you uh you can just find me on facebook under my name jared davis and uh you can find me on twitter at ajay jay underscore It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.